Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. Alright everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm Helen Denham. I'm a mindset mentor for women. I really help women heal at a subconscious level first and foremost so that they can initiate radical change from a place of peace and ultimately create a life that feels like heaven on earth. Today we have Rachel Graham joining us. We're talking about sisterhood and women's circles, inner child healing, authentic productivity, and human design. So Rachel is a life and business coach, human design guide, and the co-founder of the Baltimore Women's Circle. She's passionate about teaching people how to embody their energetic blueprints in life and in business. And she's focusing on bridging the gap between human design, manifestation, somatic healing, inner child work, marketing, and business. The big picture, right? Rachel loves all things witchy, magical, and when she's not coaching, she's bringing women together in circle as a way to make friendship easier and connection easier through rituals and manifesting with our lunar cycles. So enjoy this episode. While you're listening, you can find Rachel on Instagram at rachelgram.co and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. So hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what your takeaways are. And thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate your presence and I feel you. So thank you so much. I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first question I always ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Mm, Yes, I, I love, I love my morning routine and I love that you're asking this. So something fun that I have been doing lately is really leaning into the seasons and allowing my morning routine to change with the season. So now that it's getting a little bit colder on the East coast, I've been sleeping in a little bit longer. And the first thing that I've been doing when I wake up has been turning on my infrared uh, light. I don't know if you've ever done red light therapy, but it's amazing. It wakes you up the light I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden I feel like I got, it was like the last step of getting that good night's rest. So I turn that on, drink some water. um, I make a cup of coffee and I'm really loving, I have an espresso machine and there's something magical about an espresso machine and getting that foam on the cappuccino or the latte, whatever you're making. Um, So yeah, I make my coffee And I sit down and I have a journaling practice, which um, is a combination of kind of like a mind dump of just a a release, a clearing. And then I have a practice called Refine the Focus, where I dial into my vision for the day and my life. And that's that's a really big part of my, my morning routine. Beautiful. Having that space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love a a lot of what's going on here. First of all, I'd love to hear more about what you have gained from using red light in the morning. What other benefits um, did you find that red light has had for you? You know, I was actually first introduced to red light because I had chronic cystic acne when I was in my early twenties. I also had some eczema on my face and my skin esthetician introduced me to red light 
uh, for my skin originally. And I saw amazing benefits. I took a before and after, and um, I was seeing her once a week for a little bit of red light for about an hour. And I started with that and it really helped my skin. And then I wanted to get my own red light a year ago because I'm on my screen a lot. And I just had this feeling that if I had a red light, it would be a beautiful way to shift my system, meditate, and kind of pull back from all the blue light exposure and have that red light. I'm not an expert. I know there are so many health benefits. Um, I'm definitely the type of person who's like, let me just jump in, like try it out myself. And I've, I just feel better using it on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Your skin looks amazing. I was like, I wonder if you used it for skincare. Cause I've been like, I'm like, it's on my shopping list to, to experiment with one of those masks, but I think it ties into your conversation too, around leaning into the seasons as well. Like, I know I've been just trying to eat more by candlelight right now. And I've got like a red lantern in my room for more of the red light, but it seems to like signal almost like fire and seeing a flame when the sun was going down for our more primal like instincts. So, uh, I totally get that. And then I love, um, that you are using a journal prompt that really helps you focus. So I want to ask you too, about, you know, running your own business, how you goal set and like stay focused on what's coming. Like, what does that practice look like for you to get, to sharpen your focus? Mm, yeah, I love that question. Well, it always starts with a clearing because I always say that if you don't have space in your mind, your body, your sense of awareness, then it's it's hard to focus on anything. So I always start with that mind dump. And I, I tell my clients like manifestation and any type of creation, it's like driving a car wherever you're looking, that's where you're going to go. Um, so the process is really about for me, you know, tuning into what is my vision, um, and then treating it like it's already happening, writing it all down as if I'm living that vision. And I found that that pairing is super powerful, whether you just want to have a great day or whether you are, you know, building a business or creating something. Yeah, absolutely. I love that clearing. First of all, especially, do you ever find that you um, need to clear after a day full of clients? Like how do you make sure that your energy, you know, stays sovereign and you're totally in your body after a day of client sessions? Mm, totally. Yeah. I feel that you can pick up a lot during the day. Something I've noticed is, um, you know, journaling at the end of the day is amazing. What I love to do is like a little bit of dry brushing, or sometimes I will actually just physically brush my body. If I find that that can feel really nice after a day of clients or a shower, um, but one thing I like to do at the end of the day is just sit in silence for a few minutes and actually just mentally and physically digest the day where I'll just like cycle through what happened. And then I do a recognition ritual where I take a moment to recognize myself. So a little bit different from the morning portion, but I definitely think there's so many benefits in just like doing a mind dump at the end of the day and just kind of letting everything go. Beautiful. I was just having this conversation like an hour ago about how discomfort or pain or any density needs a place to live outside of the body. So I'm so with you there on like putting it onto paper or moving it out through exercise or something, but just giving it a place to exist outside of the body. So love that. So powerful. So yeah. Rachel, I want to 
I would love to know more about your story and how you ended up, you know, leading women's circles, getting into human design. Um, but what has your journey looked like up until this point? Give us any version of that that feels good to you. Mm, yeah, I'll start at the beginning. Um, I had a really interesting upbringing. I was homeschooled from first grade up through senior year of high school. So I definitely had a different um, upbringing, schooling. I was introduced to different opportunities or possibilities from a young age. My parents really encouraged me to follow my interests. My mom was really into health and well-being. So that definitely started my path, which led to spirituality and to human design and everything that I'm doing now. Um, so I had that different upbringing. I had space to really try different things out. I remember in, in high school, I took a, a college class on interior design because I wanted to be an interior designer. And then I got into health. And then I did a yoga training when I was 16. And then it was just like one thing after the next led to uh, what I'm doing now. I mean, I, I had a few nine to five jobs after college, but the entire time I was like, I feel like I'm meant to be doing something on my own. I feel like I'm meant to be creating something that is close to my heart. It's mine. And that little knowing, that little voice that kept saying like, you're meant to be doing something, um, eventually led to starting my own business. I mean, that was also really connected to I mentioned earlier, I struggled with chronic cystic acne in my early 20s. And it was really, really challenging on, I mean, it was painful, but it was also so hard on my confidence and my self-esteem. And I did a lot of experimentation on how to heal my body. So that also put me into the health world and I had an Instagram account um, after I, after I healed my skin naturally and just wanted to inspire others and help others. So there's so many little things on my journey that have led me to where I am, where, you know, now I'm coaching uh, primarily women using human design as a tool and also uh, uh, organizing and leading women's circles. Love it. Okay. The skin thing. I'm so with you. I struggled with intense acne, not necessarily cystic, but to the point where like, I literally wouldn't leave the house. Um, if yeah. I had a big breakout and it was really difficult on self-esteem, but it felt like this, like almost necessary gauntlet looking back on where we can show up, allow ourselves to be seen, know ourselves beyond the body in a way and not identify with kind of our external reality. But I'm with you. That phase to move through is, is intense, but I wonder how that like, has shaped you now? What did, what did you learn from that experience of moving through like a physical discomfort and feeling like letting yourself be seen basically? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It is so tough. I remember having a really bad breakout one time and I was home. I think I was in college and I, yeah, I was in college and I was home for maybe Thanksgiving or Christmas break. And my brother who lives in San Francisco flew home and my skin was so bad that I, I struggled to get out of bed and go greet my brother. And I was so excited to see him, but it was like, even seeing my family members, it was so hard to see them because my skin was bad. And 
I was so self-conscious. Like I constantly thought, oh, people are looking at my skin. Um, so it was really tough. And um, I, I feel I can, I can still touch on that emotion now. But now that I look back, I see it as my biggest gift because that struggle um, led to the process of really getting to know my body. I know my body so well now. Popping in for a moment to chat with you guys about my private one-on-one mentorship series. This is a two-month-long container with me where we meet on a weekly basis, and it's for the woman who is really ready to initiate big change in her life. If you've set the intention to make a shift and move forward in a big way in your life, but you don't really know how to bring that vision into focus, I understand that feeling. I've been there. I've felt that confusion, that anxiety, lack of direction, and I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and to change my life completely completely, which is why I'm here to show you how to do it and give you the tools that helped me completely change my life so that it feels more like heaven on earth and less like this daily struggle. So if you have been feeling like you're struggling with negative self-talk and confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in your life, maybe you want to launch a soul-led business but don't know where to start, this is the container for you. This is where I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to get you to a new paradigm in two months. And changing our lives really means changing our understanding of self, which is why we're going to be doing deep subconscious work together. We're going to be instilling new habits and beliefs that support your new paradigm. And we're clearing out the old ones that don't support that highest self that you are aligning with and calling in. At the end of the day, you are the guru and we're just activating that intrinsic part of you. So if you feel like this is in alignment for you and this is really what you need, especially in this new year, just head over to HelenDenham.com. You will see where you can learn all about the mentorship and you can book a completely free non-committal power session with me for 30 minutes where we can get to know each other and decide if this is the right course of action for you. All right. Thank you so much for listening and back to the episode. I know what food set it off. I know the messages it gives me. If it breaks out a little, I'm like, okay, body, you're, you're telling me to like back off of the sugar right now. Um, so I have such a close, intimate relationship with my body now, which allows me to, you know, use tools like human design and really embody those tools. Um, it allows me to help others. It, it strengthened my intuition. Um, and then it really did lead me on this path of when I healed my skin, I just knew I was like, if other people are going through this, like, I want to help them. I don't want others to be feeling alone going through this. So I'm really grateful for that because I truly believe like our biggest struggles turn into our opportunities to serve others. And there's so much fulfillment that comes from being of service to others. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that too. And I'll just mention something I love about the Gen Z group coming in here is that they like wear their acne, like a a pride flag, basically they're like, yep, owning it. And I just love that. I see so much optimism and growth coming into society with just like embracing where we're at, because I mean, I absolutely struggled for years with acne, but I would always like either edit my photos or people did not know that I would just like hide it. And now I just love that it's becoming, you know, more natural to talk about because we all move through this. Um, So when you discovered your human design first to touch on that, what did you learn about yourself and how did it empower you to know your human design? 
Mm, yeah. So I'm a manifesting generator. And when I first learned about my design, I realized that it was normal for me to have a lot of different interests and also to go from one thing to the next pretty quickly. Um, and I also know, I also learned that um, experimentation is part of my process and I need space to fail. And that was extremely liberating because I, I now factor that into my process. I, I factor in that trial and error process. I factor in, okay, we're going to try things out. We're going to expect something not to work, which feels really good. It allows my life and my work process to be really playful. Um, but as I think you've probably heard this and I, I imagine maybe you've experienced it yourself. Like every time you learn about your human design for the first time, there's usually a lot of like liberation that comes or even the sense of permission of, and this settling of, oh, okay, I can just be me and that's enough. Yes. A hundred percent, even beyond astrology. I feel like astrology is like a warm blanket. It's like, it's fun to look at where the alignment is, but there, I think the word liberation that you used is so spot on because as a projector, and I think other projectors listening too, since we work in like spurts in like three hours, I used to feel very guilty for that. I'd be like, why am I like lazy for not, you know, being productive all day when really I can get a ton done in like a couple hours. So now I've built my life around that being a lot of spaciousness and like intense productivity. So I love that you touch on that and just that you were able to feel that sense of liberation and freedom as well. So we've talked about the so projectors, Manny Jens, and then for the other design types, like what would empower them to hear, do you think in this moment? Mm, yeah. So a little reminder, if, and if anyone's new to human design, there are four, there are five main energy types, um, generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and manifestors, and reflectors. Um, so for the other types, like with generators, I, I notice like generators always relax when they find out that they're really meant to be doing work they love and that actually being selfish and pursuing the things that light them up is actually a selfless uh, process because the whole world gets to benefit from their, their joy and their satisfaction. So I would say that for generators, for manifestors, I noticed like there's a lot of permission when they realize they don't they don't have to ask for permission to do something. Um, they can initiate, um, they, they can, they can be the leader. Um, so I, I noticed that with manifestors, I mean, they're really the trailblazers of human design of the world. And then with reflectors, um, kind of similar to projectors, I noticed that they feel liberated when they realize they don't have to work as much or it's not necessary and rest is so necessary. And also, um, you know, reflectors are only 1% of the population. They're totally open, very sensitive beings, absorbing a lot of information and energy from other people. So just like acknowledging the fact that that's part of their process and understanding like that they are sensitive is hugely valuable to them. Cause then, you know, we all want to feel seen. We all want to feel understood and heard. And sometimes that in and of itself is powerful and enough. 
Yeah, totally. I'm so fascinated by reflectors. If anybody's a reflector listening, please let us know. They're like unicorns. My first yeah. business coach was a reflector and I was like, oh my God, I've never met one. <laughs> wow. But, um, I heard that they also get a lot of uh, autoimmune issues because their body is like so trying to protect them from all the energies coming in. Um, so it's just kind of interesting to see how our body gives us signals like your acne or I've been like, it's just interesting. That's a whole nother conversation about how our body's communicating with us. I have been noticing that I have little patches of hair fallout if I experience like a traumatic event or something. So it's just interesting to know whoever's listening, like, what is your body signaling to you? How is it communicating? And I think even human design can just give us some insight into like where we're in our power, where we're not, what's getting set off when we're not listening to our authority or, you know, our authenticity basically. So love that. Totally. Love those notes totally. for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually with human design, it's really interesting to look at your defined and undefined centers. There's so much that it can tell you about your physical health too, which is why I love it. I like get to pair my, my, um, background in health coaching with human design and something that I learned as a generator, a manifesting generator is that a lot of times we can have gut issues because our sacral center correlates with our gut. And when we're not doing work we love, and we're really like, we're living from obligation that can impact our gut. And, um, you can see different health issues with all of the energy types, which is so interesting because you can start to pair the subtle energy with our actual physical bodies. That is really interesting because I also took before and after photos of my skin, um, in 2020, when I had arrived in Topanga and I had been doing social media management and web design and I had breakouts every day, all day. It was like really mm -hmm. difficult. As soon as I started coaching and mentoring my skin, my skin started to clear up and I never noticed that until you said that Really, <laughs> and I was wow. wondering what the correlation was. Cause I'm not sure I changed a whole lot, like with my diet or anything, but certainly changed my, uh, the way I was showing up emotionally and professionally. So that is very interesting. Love that. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about your women's circles as well, because I think more and more we are craving and needing community and specifically sisterhood to come together. So what led you to start leading women's circles and, and what's been going on there? Mm, totally. I really do believe like the world is craving a more in-person connection and just connection in general community. I was, uh, brought into it because I mean, I, I craved it myself. I, I noticed after college. So let's see, I graduated college and shortly after I met my boyfriend and, and we've been dating for the past five years. And, you know, you go through the beginning stages of relationship and you mainly just want to spend time with your partner. At least that's, that was my experience. And that was also the time that I was changing a lot I went from, you know, partying in college and feeling a little bit disconnected from who I truly was, my inner child, my true desires. And after I graduated college, I started to reconnect more with myself and my dreams and my goals. And as a result, I mean, some friendships just tend to um, drift off and so with those two things of like dating someone new, changing as a person, um, I didn't really have any close friends after college. And it was fine the first couple years after college because I had this new relationship. But as the time continued, 
I really was feeling lonely and um, we moved to Austin in 2021 and, you know, moving to a new city, it amplified that. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, on my wedding day, I'm not going to have any bridesmaids. And uh, I think a lot of people can resonate with that. Something we think there's a, there's a pressure that comes with big life events like that. And I realized, I was like, I'm not just feeling lonely. I felt a sense of shame too. Um, A shame that I didn't have like this big friend group. And um, I was also just really desiring close, close friends and, and not the friendship that I experienced when I was younger, but true friendship with vulnerability and great communication so I planted the seed in 2021. I was like, I, this is the year of friendship. And I had some ideas coming in as I tried out a few community events in Austin. Um, and then Austin didn't work out for us. We came back to Maryland and I knew I was like, okay, as soon as we come back, I'm prioritizing friendship and I want to start a women's circle. And I just kind of dove into it and started hosting circles in my living room and didn't know know what I was doing at first. I was a coach at that time. So I had some facilitating skills, but I really didn't know what I was doing in terms of circles. I just jumped into it. I had been to a couple at a few retreats and then it just grew from there. And I really just trusted that, you know, people are craving this. People need this, especially after 2020 and all of that separation. I, I just knew in my heart, I was like, we need to connect people. Like this is the healing that I'm here to bring in addition to everything else I offer. And it grew from there. Um, I brought on my, my best friend who I really got close with in 2021 as my co-founder. And now we host monthly circles and um, I'm just really grateful for how this community has grown. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that because that is a shared experience. 100%. I have, I got chills hearing you talk about the bridesmaids and I feel that way. I literally feel that way. I'm like, I can name a couple people, but like, thank God I have my sister, but that absolutely the shame that's like in there. And even, especially when we moved to new cities and we have to start from the ground up, I remember like dating in Topanga and being like, I don't have anybody to introduce this guy to. He's going to think I'm like a loser, but, um, you know, I'm like, I don't have friends, but I, I also feel like I'm very social, but like, where are those close, like kinship kind of friends and can completely relate to the feeling of like kind of outgrowing old conversations or old friends that like, you just don't even know what to talk about with anymore. It's like, it becomes a sticky situation. So thank you for sharing that and and highlighting that because I see that with almost every single client that comes in, they're like craving this and it's something that we need. So what comes up in your women's circles that sticks out to you that feels special and like, you know, kind of a a deepening of community there, what comes up in the circles? Mm -hmm. I would say, hmm, I definitely notice um, like fear of being seen comes up. Um, there's a, a challenge in softening. Um, it happens and it's like really beautiful to see in circle. And I would love to hear your experience too. I'm really curious. 
Um, another thing that we, that naturally comes up, I mean, every circle is very different and we talk, we, we do it for the new moon and full moon. So that kind of affects the energy as well. Um, comparison, competition, you know, it's all of the sisterhood wounds that we're very familiar with that, um, we experience typically when we're younger and, uh, there's a lot of healing of all of that, that past hurt that comes up in circles. Um, and yeah, it, the, a little of that and yeah, everything, every circle is a little bit different too. Absolutely. And I think this is even an overarching theme of just being a woman in today's society is like, we run the consumer economy. We're constantly being pitched ways to make ourselves more beautiful, to compete with each yeah. other, to all like, it's just all targeted at women and kind of gives us this deep sense that there's not room for all of us to coexist when in reality there's space for all of us and understanding our authentic gifts allows that to be brought forward more actively. But, um, that's really beautiful that that's coming through and that you guys are able to like hold space for each other to move through that and be like, it's okay. Um, you know, so that we're not doing that alone. That's huge. So for yeah. you, like, how has it been, you know, stepping into being a solopreneur entrepreneur, like letting yourself be seen and stepping up as a leader, like what have you needed to unblock to get to the point of running your own business and being a leader? Oh, mm, so much. Um, yeah, I mean, there is this process and it's been, it's been a journey. So I originally started my first Instagram account. That's what I use now six years ago. So it's like little steps one at a time. Um, I got over the, the being seen the first couple of years, you know, it was awkward talking on Instagram stories at first. I would like refilm the same thing 20 times. I've like sat on my couch holding the phone up and trying to get one 15 minute, 15 second clip for like an hour. So I've, I've done those things where there's been a lot around perfection and, and, um, moving through, is this good enough? And I, I think like the good enough is probably the biggest thing I've personally worked through, um, when it comes to facilitating marketing myself, showing up as a leader, um, allowing myself to just be, um, I don't even like to use the word perfect, but just enough as I am. And, um, you know, something that I noticed today, you know, anytime I feel a little bit nervous or anxious, like I felt those, those feelings, which are often very similar to excitement before I popped onto this podcast with you. And usually when I feel those things, I realize I'm like, wait a second, there's like a lack of trust going on with myself. And I like reconnect to like, I trust myself. I trust myself. And then it just starts to ease and dissipate. So I would say like that has come up um, on my journey, becoming an entrepreneur as well as like learning to receive and a lot of nervous system regulation. Like it's, it's safe for me to receive. It's safe to have different income, you know, making different amounts of money every month. Like that's safe. Cause it's, it feels unsafe. It felt unsafe for me after coming from a, a regular paycheck. So those are probably some of the biggest things, a lot of money, a lot of money stuff. Um, but yeah, those are probably the biggest ones. 
Yeah. I'm in like a obsession phase around money and unblocking, you know, worthiness around creating more revenue. Uh, because it's so interesting. Business is totally a spiritual journey and shows us exactly yeah. where we're afraid to show up. And that's why I love podcasting because something usually comes up. We're like, oh my God, I have that fear. I just interviewed somebody and she was like, what, uh, you know, what's stopping you from uh, making like six figures a month, for example? I was like, okay, that's crazy. Like, I'm not good enough to do that. And she's like, there it is. Like, you don't think you're good enough at what you do. So I've been working with that, but yeah, just to to reiterate what you're saying, it's totally a, a self-worth journey. And totally. uh, you've touched a little bit on inner child healing too. So where has that come into your journey? Inner child healing, I I really see as like the backbone of shifting your beliefs because uh we we pick up and absorb these these beliefs, limiting beliefs, you know, mainly from zero to seven years old, where we these little sponges. And we're absorbing so much. And what I've learned from the my education, working with my past mentor, Anat Perry, um, with somatic healing, um, is that, you know, in order to really change our beliefs, we've got to go to the actual root instead of trimming the weed. We've got to go to the root, experience what we learned, reparent ourselves, give our little ones what we needed in that moment, but didn't get. And um, learning to, you know, our our parents' jobs are done um, and we're never here to put them on trial, but their jobs are done. And now it's our job. It's our job to mother and father and parent our inner children. Um, And that's been huge for for my journey, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, um, just being a happy human, <laughs> knowing how to take care of my inner child and knowing what they need. Um, and it's also been huge for, for changing, changing those beliefs so that I am a confident, empowered um, individual. That's powerful what you just said about our parents' jobs are done. Because when we come to that like acceptance, we don't need to start or keep revisiting places of hurt in our past. It's like, it's done. And now we can kind of step into our own power. Never heard it framed like that. I love that so much. Like their job is done and they're just humans at the end of the day. Like there are people on their own journey still growing. They're just in an older body now. Um, but we're all, we're all human. And it's an interesting part. I wonder if you find the same, just about being in like our twenties and thirties, all of a sudden we're at the same age in which our parents had us. And we're like, Oh my God, they were so young. They were just doing the best they could with what they knew. And it opens up this, um, moment of forgiveness. I find again and again, to just soften a little bit and be like, okay, they're on their own journey too. And then we get to kind of teach them sometimes, you know, what we're learning, uh, in our, in our environments of healing. So I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. I want to ask you to, yeah, continue. Yeah, actually, um, there's this exercise that I learned from my mentor that I teach my clients now. It's this process of doing a play date with your your parent as if you go back in time. So like you're five years old and your parent is five years old, super powerful. You imagine yourself playing on this playground together and you ask your parent, like, why are you this way? Like, who did who did you learn to be so like, for example, critical from? And it's so healing too, because even though their jobs are done, like we also get to recognize that they they are the way they are because that's how they learn to be as well, just as like we picked up stuff from them. And 
oh, yeah, it's just so deeply healing when we can see the the little child version, also the inner child of our parents too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wanted to just add that because that if you if you want to like open yourself up, like that's one of the the quickest ways to do it. Powerful. Thank you for yeah. that recommendation. I really love that. Um, I want to ask you too, about like more of like the nitty gritty of your business and how you've built a business that's running successfully. And like, what are some of the maybe strategies that you've implemented or just like pillars of running a business that have really served you? Mm, I would come back to human design. What I've learned from working with different coaches, you know, trial and error throughout the past several years is that like there definitely is no one size fits all approach when it comes to business. And it's all about how connected are you to your own energy and your own needs and your own process. So I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I know my process. I know how I come up with ideas. I know how my content creation process works because of my human design. So I really like using human design from a business perspective. And then Aside from that, I mean, I, my, my first nine to fives were in marketing and I've always had such an interest and I'm just really fascinated by marketing and that's really important to me. But what I'm noticing is, um, you know, there's so many different ways to do marketing and I love all these conversations coming up around like conscious business practices, like leading from a heart-centered place, using marketing practices that aren't designed to trigger someone's nervous system. Like we're not marketing from scarcity, we're marketing from service. And so that's really big for me. Um, I want everyone that comes into my space to know that I'm here to serve you and I trust you to make the right decision for you. Like I always say to people who like are thinking about working with me, like follow your authority. you know yourself best. And that kind of touches into content as well. Like I always want to, when I think about the content um, I create, I know it's easy to create content with like the how or the what it's like the medicine of what we teach because we, we know or whatever we offer. And we're like, Oh, the medicine is so great. But I always like to be mindful of like people don't get how important the medicine is until they've experienced it. So I like to lead with what is the takeaway? What is the end result? How is this piece of content going to serve you? Um, And I think service is really just also the main piece of my business. And as long as I'm focusing on that rather than what are other people doing, do I feel like I'm good enough? If I keep my focus on service, then everything tends to play out really well. Such a good point too, that you just made about like not grasping for somebody's attention or like exactly scarcity. Cause people can really feel that people can yeah. really feel like when you're being needy or like grabbing for them. So it's almost like just becoming magnetic in a way and creating something that's like kind of irresistible, I guess, just because you are who you are and you've come to a point where you get it. I feel that from you. You have such a great energy, so clear, so yeah. like grounded, Um, so I can totally see how people get magnetized to your work because you just exist in it. It's like, it's, you can tell when people have made a shift. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, how have mentors played a role in your life when you have, you know, worked with a mentor or a coach? Like, do you feel like that has been really valuable for you? 
Oh, 100%. I, I love investing in mentorship. Like I get really excited about it. Um, it's played a huge role. I mean, I, I think there's something to be said for learning to be by yourself at times and really trust yourself. And I'm not working with anyone right now. Um, I will be working with someone in 2023, but I mean, just having that feeling of support. I, and I think I thought about this last time I was in a mastermind. I felt this sense of ease as I made my payment because I was like, oh, I can just like let someone else guide me. And just that feeling of like, I'm going to let put the reins down for a little bit when it comes to my development of my business and let someone guide me feels so good. So, I mean, I, I feel I've noticed that come up, but also like, I just love to play in other people's energies and um, yeah, it's just fun. I feel the same way. It's really fun. I honestly think that's kind of a prerequisite. If you're going to run your own business, we've got to be students really, and constantly yeah. be learning and, and playing in that energy, like you said. So beautiful. I love that. And yeah, exactly. Like putting the reins down, letting someone else guide you for a moment. And I just find that like, we all inevitably will have these blind spots that like, we've kind of done all we can to like move through it, but it takes somebody else saying, Oh, Hey, I think you're missing this little turn here. Um, and then you get this epiphany, which is so juicy and exciting to move through. So love that perspective, mm. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Like you're such a light, what a pleasure to finally meet you and sit down with you. And, um, so where can people find you and join your circles or work with you? Give us, give us the details. Yeah. First of all, thank you for having me. You know that I've been listening to your podcast and loving everything. So it's, it's been a pleasure to be here and people can find me on Instagram at rachelgram.co. That's the best place to, to find me. And, um, I've got a lot of free content on Instagram. Every post is kind of like a little mini course. So if you want to learn more about your human design, you can find me there. And I also have our local women's circle, um, the Baltimore women's circle tagged in my bio. And even if you're not local, we do host uh, virtual circles as well. And we have a retreat coming up in Costa Rica in uh, next, next November. Yeah. Oh, I'm interested to know about that. That sounds very fun. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel. I appreciate it. Awesome. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and joining us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. As always, if you enjoyed and you learned something from this episode, please do send it along to a friend who might benefit from it. And uh, you can even leave a review if you feel called. I'd be so grateful. Um, and then everything we discussed is linked in the description below. So check that out for more details couple more notes on my end. I'm running full moon circles every month on the evening of the full moon. So if you are looking for sisterhood, community, just a way to deepen your experience of life, this is a great way to just relax and come together. So links in the description below, of course, and then everything else is on HelenDenham.com. I am putting up new blog posts quite frequently. I send out newsletters a few times a week with oracle cards and energy checks and offerings. And um, I love that way of connecting with you guys. So yeah, just head over to HelenDenham.com. All the juice is there. 
<laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. It's an honor to, to touch base with you like this every week. So enjoy the rest of your day, your evening, your week, wherever you are. And I will talk to you on the next one. Bye for now. <laughs>